I'm glad you found your way to the Your Vet Wants You to Know podcast for more information about how to care for your pet. The show is designed to be educational and entertaining, but not to give a specific diagnosis or treatment for your animal. That job belongs to your veterinarian who knows your pet and wants to talk to you about what's going on with them. I'm here to be a resource only. Thanks and enjoy the show. As a curious pet owner, have you ever taken to the internet for more information? Maybe you want to know why your pet is itchy and what you can do about it. Maybe you're frustrated about the ear infections. Maybe you're looking for ways to make veterinary care more affordable. Instead of wading through a sea of information that may not be reliable and in some cases may be harmful, here is what your vet wants you to know. I'm Dr. Brittany Lancelotti, board certified veterinary dermatology specialist. Join me to get the information you're looking for to care for your pet. If you're curious about your pet, then your vet wants you to know. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Your Vet Wants You to Know. I'm joined again by the wonderful Dr. Megan Painter, and she's here today to talk to us about her cat, Stella, as part of Itchy Pet Awareness Month. Welcome, Dr. Painter. Thank you so much. Happy to be here and be back. Yeah, I'm happy to have you back too. I mean, some of the other episodes that you've done for us have been amazing. So if listeners want to check out some other topics that Dr. Painter has joined us for, um, she has done ear infections. She has talked about diet trials, really good information for those itchy pets that are out there. But today, we're going to talk about your own pet, Stella. So as a veterinary dermatologist and an owner of an allergic pet, you're also a very brilliant educator who is doing an amazing job of improving how family veterinarians manage allergies. You know, I wanted to invite you on the show to tell us your story and help bring some more awareness to allergic skin disease. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be a veterinary dermatologist? What a great question. Someone said, so why veterinary dermatology the other day? And I was like, I don't know. I just can't imagine doing anything else. And I feel so fortunate to find something that really fuels so many parts of my being. I love connecting with people. I love connecting with animals. I love the fact that dermatologists really focus on life quality and that while we obviously have health as a priority for our patients, we really want them to live great lives and to, you know, have medication management that's safe for them and effective. And there's just so many little nuggets every day that I feel like I get to participate in this human animal bond and promote it just by working individually one-on-one with my clients and my patients. And I absolutely love my job. It's just the best. That's such a, a great description of what being a veterinary dermatologist entails. You know, we really do talk a lot about quality of life and how the medications we're using are impacting the pets that we're seeing and how each individual animal is treated in a very specific way. And it, it really does involve a lot of communication with our clients to figure out all those little details to improve their quality of life. Exactly. And I, I love thinking about each patient as an individual. That's something that I really pride myself on. And I know a lot of my colleagues and dearest friends like yourself do in the clinic. The reason it matters is because there's 
really no two animals that are exactly the same. You're going to see similarities between different breeds or different situations. But in the end, the family and that pet are going to all be just so unique. And it's so important to listen to what people are telling you and what specific challenges they might have and create a plan that just works for that patient and that family. And that's something I absolutely love doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we talk about on the show a lot is, you know, here's the information, here's the evidence, the data that we've gotten from research studies regarding these specific diseases and medications. But the best plan for a specific pet is to talk to the veterinarian that you're working with and come up with an individualized treatment plan. Exactly. Because no two animals are alike. Exactly. So, you know, the goal of this show is to connect with pet owners and provide them with relatable, reliable information about each topic. And for Itchy Pet Awareness Month, I wanted you to come on and talk about Stella because I think Stella is really special and I love her story. So can you tell us who Stella is and what she means to you? Absolutely. I love coming on the show to kind of flip the coin a little bit and not come on here as a dermatologist, but really to come on here as a cat owner because Stella absolutely creates the cat owner in me. And it's funny because I'll share a little bit about the challenges of being a veterinarian and being a dermatologist and then having an itchy cat in your house. It's pretty much here I am. I'm just a normal person, just like your listeners (laughs) who are struggling Mm -hmm. with the challenges of living with an allergic cat. So Stella came to me as a patient. She was owned by this awesome girl who just really was doing everything she possibly could for Stella. She had come to us, uh, the dermatology service at Angel in Waltham, maybe one or two times before I started seeing her. And then I took her on as a patient and saw her again, two or three separate visits. So quite a lot of investment by this person who, you know, really loved Stella. And she got her as a kitten. So she was in a friend's litter. And right away, just this was the best cat. And oh my God, I love her so much. And, you know, just like everyone feels with their cat. And then Stella started to have really severe head and neck dermatitis, which is one of the four presentations that we can see of feline allergy. And much like most cats with this type of presentation, it was very severe. So she was scratching her face to the point of bleeding. She had lesions around her head and her eyes and her neck that was really totally impacting her life. You know, she was absolutely miserable. So her previous owner really, you know, wanted to help her. She sought our care and we tried to do all the things. So she did a diet trial at home with Stella, didn't help. She did allergy testing and medication. And honestly, Stella is a very spicy cat. Um, So much like... (laughs) very diplomatic way of saying that. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I have one of those. Like, there are cats out there who are very laid back and just will do anything. And then actually, the grand majority of cats absolutely hate being medicated and, you know, all these things. So... Stella's previous owner was having a lot of trouble medicating her, and she talked to me about potentially finding Stella a new home. And I absolutely wanted this cat to be in a situation that was good for her and encouraged her previous owner to surrender her over to our adoption center, which she did. And so about a week later, Stella was in the shelter. 
fast forward to me saying I'll foster her, of course, because she was my patient and I really wanted to continue my care for her. So in the shelter, she was having a lot of trouble and was just really honestly very aggressive with the staff there. And so she came and stayed with me and she never left. So she was a what you call foster failure. And truly, mm-hmm. it was because we we really love this cat. She's a very unique cat. I've never met a cat who can jump as high as Stella. Um, <laughs> she loves to play with little like feather toys on the stick. And she's just very fun and athletic and always out and about. And she trusts us. Um, one thing that was very clear from the beginning is that she never tried to bite me or scratch me. She knew in some way, weird way that I was trying to help her. And still to this day, I'm the main medicator in the home and actually the only one who gives her her medicine. And she absolutely still follows me around and sleeps on my legs at night. And I think just has this bond with me knowing that I am trying to help her, but she's still very spicy with some strangers who come over um, or sometimes with people she even knows, like my dad, she gives him a run for his money. So very funny. (laughs) We think it's funny now, but you know, of course, it wasn't funny when she was in the shelter environment. So do you have pictures of Stella from when you were first treating her as your patient? I do. Yeah. So there's one picture that I have of her on the day that her previous owner said, I think I have to give her up. And she was sitting in her little carrier looking absolutely miserable. And I remember texting that picture to my husband saying, this might be our new cat. <laughs> and and like she didn't look like a really great cat. You know, she looked miserable. She was messy. Her face was like bloody. <laughs> I just remember being like, I love you. You know, like this is okay. But, you know, it's true. You just feel for these animals. You feel so badly for them. And that's part of the reason, again, why I'm a vet. Like I just want to help them. And um, my husband, thank God, is a cat lover. And so he was like, what? you know, if she needs help, we can help her. But I'm glad that in the end, she ended up kind of picking him as her favorite. So I think that really helped her cause. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And I think uh, a lot of veterinary professionals who may be listening can sympathize with uh, your situation, because I think a lot of us have texted our significant others at some point, like, um, I, I think we're going to have a new pet. (laughs) Like this is, this is, uh, this is not an uncommon occurrence among veterinarians and veterinary technicians. And we, we actually, tried to find her a home. She was live on their adoption website and she was in our house and we had several people come over to meet her and some of them she played with and some of them she just flat out swatted. <laughs> like, and I pass. was like, okay, this, there's no way this cat's going to find another home. And yeah, then we went on vacation actually about a year ago now and we had her stay at my work. And when I brought her up to work, I set her up in her little spot or whatever. And we really missed her when we came back home that night. We were like, gosh, we just really missed Stella. And that's when we really decided 100% that we were going to keep her. She just is such a cool presence in the home. And we really are glad that she came into our lives. And I think she's glad that I came into her life as well, despite the fact that 
I'm medicating her on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that because it's different having an allergic animal as your own pet compared to treating an allergic animal as your patient. So, you know, what are some of the specific things that you've learned since having an allergic cat as your own pet? And we talk a lot about like caregiver burden in relation to the frustration that a lot of pet owners feel when they're trying to make an allergic pet more comfortable. And, you know, all of this while dealing with the treatment, the tests, the vet visits, the medications. Can you talk a little bit about caregiver burden and I, what you've experienced that you haven't expected? I have so many thoughts on this. And it's really important for people, you know, if you are going through this on your own to talk with your vet and say, listen, like, this is hard for me, because if you don't tell us if something's hard for you, then we'll never know. So it is really important to know you're not alone, and that it's not easy. Um, one of the challenges that I've noticed is that allergic disease is a chronic relapsing condition. So what that means is that every now and again, you're going to have flare-ups. The goal with medication is to reduce the frequency and severity of those flare-ups, but they're still going to happen unless you're curing allergy. And curing allergy is really difficult. And as we know, we can use immunotherapy for that, but it doesn't always help 100%. You know, here we are live in life, things are good. And then all of a sudden, kind of seemingly out of nowhere, Stella will have a flare up. And that's really difficult because suddenly you kind of have to go back to daily medication if you had reduced the medication frequency or you wonder, gosh, is this medicine even working? And you just feel lost. You know, it's really just overwhelming. And you might feel like you are calling your vet all the time. And it's important to just feel as if, okay, do I have a plan? What is the plan? And is this plan working? And I actually email myself <laughs> and I say, dear Dr. Painter, I just wanted to let you know that Stella had a flare up last night. And it's just something that helps me because now I can tell someone else and I can make sure that what I'm doing is actually what I would tell someone that I'm not connected to because it's really hard to treat your own pets. That really helps ground me, but it is a message that's important to hear as a pet owner listening to this is that you just have to tell your vet how frequently things are either going awry or going well, and that way we can adjust the plan from there. So with caregiver burden, it's exhausting. I always have to like run and catch this cat, you know, finding a place where she'll accept medication has been a huge bonus. So one thing I learned very early on is that she loves to drink water from the sink in our bathroom. And so I actually paired her medication with that treat. So the reward of getting water from the sink is met only after she gets her medication and giving her her medication since I kind of figured out that little combo has been much, much easier. And because she loves drinking water from the sink so much, she's usually in the bathroom, like kind of ready for it, which has been huge. But I have spent five extra minutes of my morning, which I don't usually have to give, trying to find this cat in the basement because she sees me coming or she hears the freezer open, which is where I keep her atopica capsules. And mm -hmm. she runs away from me. And I've heard a lot of pet owners say how frustrating that can be and they feel bad and they don't want to chase their cat and those kinds of things. It can be really, really difficult. And you just have to kind of accept that this is reality and this is what you're doing. 
I love that you've discovered <laughs> that the the water, water is a high value reward for her. Yeah. That's honestly not something that I've ever thought of and will actually mention to cat owners now because thinking back to when I was growing up and had cats in the household before I got married to a husband who goes into anaphylaxis <laughs> around cats. Um, but my cats loved drinking from the faucet in the bathroom as well. And if that's high value enough for them, you know, it doesn't always have to be food. What is that high value thing? thing that's going to help you to create a positive association. And so for Stella, it's the drinking from the faucet, but it could be things like playing with a certain toy or getting a little bit of catnip or a a certain type of food, if that's okay for your allergic pet. But finding whatever it is for that specific animal will really help you towards making that caregiver burden less. Another really interesting thing I've noticed is that if I attempt to give her her medicine when she's sleeping on a place that special to her, she will put up way more of a fight than she ever will if she's in the bathroom. You know, like if someone came and said, oh, you're going to go to the dentist right now, like while I was sleeping, I'd be like, are you kidding me? But if you know, you get in the car and you go to the dentist, okay, you know that that's where it's going to happen. So it's just the bathroom's kind of like this neutral ground. And it also is a good height for me because she's standing on the sink platform, you know, and then Mm -hmm. I can give her her medication a lot more easily than if I'm like bending over or sitting on the couch and don't have as much leverage. So again, little things like this can make it just so much easier. You know, one of the things that I always reiterate to pet owners with allergic cats especially is that allergies are forever. Like we're going to be dealing with this forever. And on some level we're going to have to make this work. And it's been a journey, you know, it didn't happen overnight. I certainly wasn't like, "Oh, day 1, look, the water, this is amazing." You know, it just was over months of time things got a little easier. And the two things, one, a water reward, and two, not giving her medicine in her own personal space have been the two most important factors for that. I want to talk about another journey that you've gone through, and this is the courses that you've created, the allergic dog and now the allergic cat. So I know the allergic dog has been a fantastic resource and support for family veterinarians who are looking for a better understanding of how to treat allergies. Can you tell us a little bit about how this course came about and what it means to you? I love my course. It's been such a journey to create something that is meaningful. It's just to provide a resource for family veterinarians who want to learn more about treating this incredibly common problem. We all know that ear infections, itchy skin, you know, some diarrhea, even food related issues are definitely the most common reasons why pet owners like yourselves are going to seek veterinary care. And the knowledge that veterinarians have in general practice is just incredible. They have to know a little bit about every single thing. And when it comes to skin management, there's so many updates and things that are changing all the time about new medications, ways to do things, how to solve problems. And so in the Medication Master's course, I put together the most up-to-date review of how to utilize medication in practice for different presentations of canine allergy. And then, of course, wanted to flip that and make sure we didn't leave cats out because it's so important to make sure that if we can treat allergic dogs, we want to be able to treat allergic cats very well. 
you know, the biggest challenge with cats is that they love to be mysterious, right? And that's part of the reason why we love them. And so there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot less that is known. And the kind of parallels between them and dogs and humans even just isn't as obvious. And so coming up with therapeutic targets and medication for cats is proving to be pretty difficult. But for the allergic cat course, it's putting together information on how to recognize the disease and some basics on how to treat it and then managing some of the complicating factors, most of which are, you know, is this cat going to accept this medication and then how to get around that. Beautiful. What a great resource for family veterinarians. So if they want to check out the allergic dog or the allergic cat, where can they go to do that? So the website is www.theallergicdog.com and you'll find information about the allergic cat there. You can also follow me on Instagram at itchypet. Beautiful. So, you know, we've talked a lot about Stella and having an allergic cat. What would you like other pet owners with allergic pets to know? What have you learned from your experience? I would say that the most important thing to know is that this is a challenging problem that's always going to keep you on your toes. So just when you think things are going really well and you're in a groove, something might change. And to be open to that and to recognize that your veterinarian is here to help with those changes is the single most important thing that you can hear from me. And if your family veterinarian is overwhelmed and you want to seek advice from a veterinary dermatologist, that is exactly why we're here. And Mm -hmm. we really do want to help you and your pet achieve the best life quality that we possibly can, given the resources that we have available for medications and immunotherapy options at this time. Yeah, a lot of family veterinarians are comfortable managing pets with allergies. But if you would like to consult with a specialist, the link to find a veterinary dermatologist near you is under the resources tab on yourvetwantsyoutoknow.com. And if you're looking for a community of pet owners who are struggling with their itchy and allergic pets, you can join our Facebook group, Your Vet Wants You to Know. There's a lot of really good discussion on there regarding what people are going through and sharing stories and commiserating. And everybody likes to post cute pictures of their pets too, which I just love. So you can join us there to connect with more listeners. Dr. Painter, we end each episode of the show with a segment called Scratching the Itch. And it is designed to highlight something, whether it's a human interest story, a product or a website, something that just provides relief or makes you feel good. Hence, Scratching the Itch. Do you have a Scratching the Itch for our listeners today? I do. And it's your show. <laughs> oh, stop it. You can't do that. <laughs> yes, I can. And I'm going to right now. I'm taking the mic. Um, so yes, I really thought hard about my scratching the itch because now I've had to come up with a few. And honestly, the other day I sent you this story and posted it in the group, but I had a woman who works with special needs adults. And she talked to me about how she was blown away that I offered her a podcast with a transcript that she could listen to after the appointment and read after the appointment. And I also have handouts for people that pretty much mirror the information. So like the diet trial handout I do like mirrors the information in the podcast. So providing people with different ways of learning and kind of creating this environment where, yes, you're going to learn information in the exam room with your veterinarian, but then you have this resource that's a trustworthy, wonderful, fun, happy, just great resource is so incredible and is 
such an honor to be able to promote it and to say, you know, please listen to this information because it's great information. And I see the traction that this podcast is gaining. And I'm just really, really excited about that and proud of you. And it really scratches my itch every time I can say, you know, (laughs) go ahead and listen to this because it's just that much more information. And I think as a dermatologist, I use it every day, every single day. And it really just fills this gap that is so needed. So thank you for that. And yes, that is my scratching the itch. No, you can't take it back. And yes. Thank you very much. That means the world to me. And your support has been so incredibly invaluable. I do have to shout out to my editor, Dave, who has, he edits the show beautifully, but also he goes through and he does the transcripts. The fact that we have another resource for people who do better with reading than listening and having that resource available on the website is very much due to Dave's commitment to making the show as fantastic as it can possibly be. So thank you very much, Dave. And thank you, Dr. Painter, for making the show. You're You're scratching the itch. That's very sweet. (laughs) But also, yes. And then Dave, one more thing is that Pet Rock episode. (laughs) Really, just if you need some laughs, everyone should go and check that out right now because it was the April Fool's episode and it is so good. And I actually have a QR code link to that one as well. When I give out my handouts and say, go check out this podcast, I make sure that people listen to that one because it's so good and it just is so lighthearted and wonderful and Dave you are such a comedian and it's (laughs) amazing so yes yeah we had a lot of fun doing that one we'll have to come up with something for April Fool's next year because that one honestly a just do a re-release like just (laughs) re-release it it can't be better (laughs) that was really fun fun. so good so yes so that's (laughs) awesome and you guys are awesome and I hope the show helped you know I think that there's just a lot of uh, challenge Mm -hmm. but you're not alone and there's lots of resources and tons of ways to do things when it comes to medicating and finding a solution that's stable for you and your cat. So good luck. Good luck out there. Well, thank you very much for sharing Stella's story. I really appreciate your time, Dr. Painter. You got it. And for everyone listening, I look forward to your next visit with Your Vet Wants You to Know. (laughs) 